What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Quake Show Show. I'm your host, Hunter Taubes, and today we've got an interview with senior outfielder Seth Wirchin. Seth and I recorded this interview towards the end of the summer, back before we got back to campus, uh, but we had a great conversation about what his role will be this year as a senior, how he's already started to step into a leadership role, how he's preparing for that, um, possibly a positional change this year, and just a really cool conversation about how he has become, you know, this sort of little Twitter sensation in our little world and our little community. I don't have too many updates from the past week. We had an intra squad, so everyone can get back into the swing of things this past weekend. Uh, and coming up in a few weeks, we'll be scrimmaging against St. Joe's, so both teams can get some action, some live reps before the fall season ends. I'll be at the game, so I'll have plenty of coverage and content from that. Tomorrow, we're starting a new video series where Ryan Drabosky and Tommy Delaney have some fun on campus. Uh, I presented the idea to the two of them a couple of weeks ago, and we were finally able to get out to campus after practice one day and just take some really cool videos, um, make a lot of people laugh while we were doing so. So I'll be putting that out tomorrow on Thursday, and those videos will come out weekly on Thursday, just like the Ask the Quakers videos, which will continue to come out every Friday. Like I said last week, if you have questions that you want to need to ask the players, feel free to send me a DM, Instagram, Twitter, and I'll make sure it gets answered. Those are really all the updates I've got for this week, so let's get right into the interview with senior outfielder for the Quakers, Seth Wirchin. All right, everyone, I got Seth Wirchin here for the Quake Show show. Seth, what's going on, dude? Thank you for hopping on. Thanks, Hunter. I appreciate it, man. It's going to be a lot of fun today. First, obviously want to sort of get into the uh, Twitter shenanigans. If you don't know, Seth is one of our, one of our more uh, active players on social media, um, whether he likes it or not, whether he thought it would be that way or not, he is. Um, really sort of all came together the first series of the season with A&M. Just want to hear your sort of timeline, what happened, uh, obviously making some friends. Want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, the, the social media has been big. Something I never expected, I you know, kind of going viral within mm. within our community in Austin and everything. Um, like shout out Horns Up Chris and Steady Eddie, boys. Um, those two guys were the were the biggest, and they're definitely on the other podcasts that we yeah um, that we recorded. But um, yeah, it's been fun just seeing the memes on Twitter and everything. Um, just checking your phone every week, just kind of will post something about something. Like, you did during the week and or during a game and then they will comment and they'll tweet and they'll re retweet so it was a lot of fun and like it all started at AM where we um i busted my face up at AM and ended up having a you know two clutch hits at the end of the game and a really good uh i got that was the second day uh second game of the double header mm. had a great team victory um and then people or Longhorn fans, especially because I'm from Austin, a lot of Longhorn fans mm -hmm. saw that, uh, you know, Penn beat AM. You know, we weren't supposed to beat AM, especially oh, a smaller Ivy League school. Um, and all the Longhorn fans were going crazy. So I was a lifelong Longhorn. And just like this, I just got started getting 
followers. I think I gained a hundred followers in a day. I mean, a few hours. Right. All right. They found out that not only that I was, you know, part of the team that beat Penn, but I was from Austin. So there was mm -hmm. a big, you know, kind of cult that for that next week or so that was really fun and people tweeting throughout the season and watching us. So it was a lot of fun. And I know, I know Hunter, I know you uh, were noticed about how many people from Austin started following us, but then, you know, they follow us the entire year. You know, Twitter yeah. page was really, really fun. I know you had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but then the two big guys, ones of Chris Daddy Eddie were Longhorn fans, big troll guys on there, but they were also um, big on our teammates. They were really big on me. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. And like my dad got a Twitter and um, I was never a Twitter guy. I probably had like a few followers. Real quick. Did your dad download Twitter because of those two guys or because of, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. He downloaded Twitter. He never got it. He got it. I was like, dad, look at all this stuff. Look at all this on my feed. And he's like, mm -hmm. okay. So he got it. He's commenting with them mm -hmm. and he's not a social media guy. Um, so Most it was, it was aren't, to be completely honest. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Parents are not. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun just to go through that the entire season. Those, those two guys and probably like another handful, four or five guys would just mm -hmm. post the memes and it's a lot of fun just to see it, you know, kind of like humbling, like, I didn't do anything really to, to deserve it. It's just like, it's just part of it. It's just a lot of, a lot of fun. Now you mentioned ripping your face open at A&M, right? When York and I have been, uh, when we recorded episode one, uh, we were talking about the Michael John renovation project. Now, I don't know if you know this, but we're getting pads all over the outfield walls. So you have no opportunities to really hurt yourself. Um, Mike doesn't have to stand on the top of the dugout, on top of the dugout steps. Every time a ball is hit in your general direction, Tell, talk us through, you know, your sort of aggressive defensive style, putting your body on the line. You know, you make a bunch of great plays, running into walls, diving over your shoulder, all that kind of stuff. Talk us about your defensive game. Yeah, that's always been my my best part of my game ever since mm -hmm. high school. Um, it's my favorite thing. I always say, like, I'm a dog playing fetch. Like, that's – I could do it all day long. It's right. – um, and some guys, the best favorite part of the game is like hitting a home run or a clutch double or making a sick web gym. Like for me, it's like diving plays, making plays that no one else can do, mm -hmm. you know, trying to go for rob balls or whatever. Um, so I guess some of that aggressive nature co comes from football. So I played football in high school as a free safety. Okay. So like I kind of have that built up like. Sort of ball hawking. That makes sense. Exactly. It's the same yeah. exact playing safety and playing out for the same thing mm -hmm. in, my, in my eyes. It's a little bit different footwork like going over a ball, trying to get an interception, mm -hmm. coming downhill. It's very, very, like getting the jumps and hitting the angles right, very similar. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, sometimes like my bat's not going. There's one thing I can always give to the team, it's my defense. So I'm going to go out every single time and and try to show that, hey, I can make any play and just back up my pitchers and stuff, start, start making plays there. And it's just a blast doing it. I love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And being sort of that always a positive on defense is obviously extremely important, right? Now – Again, talking about defense, losing our center fielder, Tommy Courtney, he's going to be, a, uh, he's going into his grad year at UVA. For those of you who don't know, Ivy League can't have grad students, players on their teams because not all Ivy League schools have a grad program. So with that being said, there's an opportunity for you to slide into center field. Now you really only played center field against Princeton when Tommy went down with a bit of an injury. What is that transition, or excuse me, what can that transition be like for you you know, switching from left over to center because it's certainly an, uh, a pretty big opportunity and a, and a pretty strong possibility. 
yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. That's my goal for this, for the year. And, um, that's probably where, where I'll be for the year, mm-hmm. but I played Centerville in high school, um, playing left field was what, and playing corner outfield when I got to college was kind of the first time I've ever done that. Never playing corner. Mm-hmm. So left field, every playing left field every day was really different. And that was a lot of fun. Just start reading balls differently. Um, and so going back to center, like playing against Princeton and even the summer, I had to kind of reset, kind of look at how balls were flying. But at the end of the day, the same mi- mindset's the same. It's like, go and catch that ball. Um, so I'm really excited for that, having more room to run. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be fun. And then I didn't mention about the pads. Like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for those pads to be there because that fence back there at Michael John, it can be in some parts very hard. And so I would go into them and, you know, kind of risk it a little bit, hit, hit, yeah. hit a metal pole. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Now, uh, you spoke about how all throughout high school defense was, you know, your top thing. You played center field in high school. Going back there, what sort of has been, what was your recruiting process? Who was the first coach notice you? Was it a showcase tournament? Take us through that because obviously everyone's got a bit different of a recruiting story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a really cool recruiting story. Um, I'll try to make it short. So That's all right. Coach Yerk came to Texas and recruited me. And so he was the first guy I ever talked to. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, whoa, I got University of Pennsylvania. Like, really didn't know much about the school. Looked it up. Oh, my God, it's an Ivy League. And they ended up offering me a few weeks later. And I went down for a visit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stay, stay close to home. I got recruited by some other Ivy Leagues and some in-state mid-majors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted the academics. I really wanted, you know, good baseball. But I also wanted to stay home. And so I told them after my visit, that was about, my junior year in June, like June, first week in June, I said, Hey, I'm not coming. I told him no straight up. Mm-hmm. And cause I, my, I really wanted rice and cause rice was the perfect at all three. Um, and so rice kind of fell through. And then I got, I got a text from coach the end of, I think beginning of August and of July, like, Hey, are you still available? And I was like, yes, I am actually. Um, and rice was no longer there. So I was, I was just thinking, okay, there's nowhere else I want to go at the moment. Penn seems like the best option. Yeah. And then they like, hey, hey, coach, I'm interested. And they offered me again. And so I, I said yes that time. So it was pretty cool, kind of interesting story. Just like mm-hmm. saying, just thinking, oh, I shouldn't even be here. Right. But I'm really, really grateful I am looking at some of my other choices I had. Because um, I love Philadelphia. I love the city. I love the team. Um love the school it's just been an awesome experience all the way around yeah absolutely now you said on your official visit or have you got a feel for campus life right what was that sort of what drew you to campus did something stick out to you you know what was really the main pull from campus um it was just it's just a beautiful campus but like on my unofficial visit initially i was just thinking the entire time there ain't no way i'm going to the northeast there's just Mm -hmm. no way that I'm doing that. Um, but it was a great campus. I could totally feel like, well, this is an Ivy League. Like, this is this is a really good school. Um, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to re- go to a really good school. But just that distance, that being from Texas all the way, going up to, you know, 24-hour drive, you know, flying 1,200 miles. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, nah, there's no way. No way I wanted that. Um, turns out that's what eventually happened. But campus is awesome. Right in the middle of the city. Um, it's been a really awesome experience. Great. Now you're going into your senior year, right? 
So your fourth year, obviously the first two years sort of sidetracked, really. I mean, this year wasn't totally normal, but, you know, as normal as it could be, right? As normal as possible for you. With that being said, as an underclassman, first of all, was there someone that you really looked up to that took that took you under their wing? And then now as, you know, as an upperclassman, who has that player been to you? Who have you taken under your wing? Who have you sort of mentored over the past year or so? Yeah. Um, wow. So the guy who kind of took me under my wing immediately when I got to campus was Kyle Cronk, who graduated mm-hmm. last year. And he was a, he's from Austin as well. We, we went to rival high schools. He was a couple years older than me. And we were locker neighbors. So he immediately started – he was an outfielder as well. So he just started talking, you know, hey, this is how things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of really pushing and believing me. And last year we were competing for the same role, you know, the shortened 14 game season. And he was rooting for me while I was, you know, playing in front of him and pushing me, motivating me like, Hey, just keep going, keep going with it. Um, Cause there were times I was really struggling. Right. So he was a big, a big motivator that helped me a lot. Still is a good friend to this day. Um, and I could always look, I always looked up to Tommy, just the way his work ethic was and um, how he played. Mm-hmm. And Tom, everyone knows Tom just being, um, you know, grouchy Tom. But I always, I saw through that. I was like, this is a really good teammate. And probably the guys now, it's probably two outfielders, two freshmen, uh, McGonagall and Polo. Um, those two guys I really, really liked a lot. I was really uh, um, wanting to um, um, just like help them become better players, especially mm-hmm. help them defensively where their strengths was more power, more juice in the bats, but right. they the weakness hit the ball over the tall net. It might be trying, you know, they don't hit the ball apart. Um, but defensively they can work on it. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if that's what I know. I want to help you guys out. Let's push it a little bit. Um, right. So I'm excited to continue that next year, but also a lot of the freshmen, I, I feel like I really worked on and helped and really opened up to last year. Um, and they, I saw how they grew the, throughout the entire year. Um, a year that was normal, not a fall at home or, um, and two seasons ended. We saw from start to finish what a real year looks like. And so for me, that was like my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And for once, I actually played a, a real uh, season of baseball. So I was learning along the way. I felt like a freshman playing that entire season. So I was learning and watching these guys learn. Um, and it was ama- It was really cool seeing them grow and change. And I'm really excited for this next freshman class to do the same thing with them. Yeah, absolutely. I spoke with um... – I spoke with a couple of the freshmen so far doing interviews. It seems like they, you know, they're all talking to each other. They're all like a, a pretty close knit group, even before getting onto campus, which is obviously, you know, a great leg up, a great step in the right direction, even before they're starting to play together. Now you mentioned, you know, we talked about mentors and everything. You mentioned advice, you mentioned guys pushing you. With that being said, what's it like to sort of balance, you know, obviously a really reg- rigorous cor- um, course load? in school and your academics, as well as being a division one athlete, has there been sort of things that maybe Kyle or Tommy spoke to you about as you were a younger guy and trying to balance it all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kronk was another one uh, who, who did that. Uh, Chris Adams, who was, if you don't know Chris Adams or people don't know who he is, he graduated my freshman year and doing amazing things now, but um, just that support group, like talking to them, like, Hey, I, there was some time in freshman year where I was really struggling. Hey, I need to figure out how to do this, how to um, compartmentalize and, and time manage all those things. Um, but it's kind of the standard. Like, I, I really think like we have a really, really smart team 
and guys that really get it done in the classroom, mm -hmm. um, able to balance it with social and then especially the baseball aspect. It's just kind of the standard where it's like, hey, we're not going to be content with, uh, you know, going for a championship but, and getting B's and C's. As a team, it's like these guys are rooting for high threes, 4.0s, mm -hmm. um, and as a, as, a, as a team. So it's like that's the standard. Like you better get it done, uh, figure out how to get it done. So that's been really cool. It's not like, you know, going in, I thought as an athlete, I was going to be the, the bottom of the bottom in my classes. There's no way I can do this. It's impossible. Well, these guys are doing the same thing I am, and they're kicking butt in the classroom. So looking up to those upperclassmen that are doing, you know, going to big time jobs or guys in my class who I know have big time internships and it's like, well, if they can do it, I can totally do it. So for me, that was like, I slowly warmed up to that. And I realized that, you know, I can be here and I can really um, do well in the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a, a great, you know, part of me to see grow throughout the, especially these past three years. Now I want to go into the lightning round, which I call hit and runs. Um, Kind of a corny name, I know, I know. I like um, it. But seven, eight questions or whatever, just so people could know a little bit more about you. So start off, who is your favorite baseball team and your favorite player? Uh, people aren't going to like this, but the Houston Astros. And my favorite player is Lance Berkman, and he okay. retired a few years ago. All right, all right. Um, who's the best baseball player of all time? Oh, boy. Guys, looking at, like, modern-day like you got you got throw trout in there best ever i'll just stick with trout for now all right but all right. we'll go with that okay um desert island three movies for the rest of your life what are we watching three movies yeah oh boy okay so first one is um back to the future i don't want to quentin tarantino probably Probably Django. Okay. Django Unchained. And then don't want a funny one. Let's do like super bad. All right. All right. Um, your favorite video game? Red Dead Redemption. You cowboy. Um, favorite musician? Uh, favorite musician? Mm, probably, probably George Strait or Cody Jinks, both Texas country guys. Okay. Um, your favorite place to eat on campus? Probably the, probably the law trucks. Okay. And your favorite class you've taken at Penn? Oh, um, oh, sociology. Okay. Love sociology. Interesting. All right. Um, well, that's it for my hit and runs. Last but not least, um, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Um, those are the, obviously, I guess the big two. Right. And plug your at, hands. At Seth underscore Wurchin. Um, if you don't know how to spell that, just sound it out or look up on the website. On look at some website. of the memes. <laughs> yeah, look up, look up the memes and stuff. Um, yeah, Seth underscore Wurchin. That's it. Awesome. All right. Seth, anything else before we wrap up? No, that's it. Hunter, thanks for doing this, man. This is awesome. Yeah, dude. Thanks for hopping on. And uh, I'll see you soon. Awesome. See All you, right, bud. Have a good one, dude. Just want to say thank you again to Seth for taking the time to record the episode with me. Uh, we had a blast recording, talking about how he's become a fan favorite via Twitter and how he approaches the game of baseball. It's uh, always makes me laugh when I think about how far Seth's social media presence has come for a kid 
who would always say, yeah, I just go through Twitter, you know, just on Sundays and whatever. I'm like, all right, man, um, you're missing a lot uh, during the week. Uh, next week on the show, we've got sophomore left-handed pitcher Marshall Mott. His interview, again, we had a lot of fun. Um, he's sort of a jokester. And uh, we talked a lot about how he loves to make music on the side, um, just like the intro music to this podcast. So he actually produced that all, put together some video clips, um, and made that really cool intro. So at the beginning and end of every episode, that's from Marshall. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode, and I can't wait for you all to listen to the next one. Have a good one. Quick show on three, one, two, three. Quick show.